Chapter Six of Frigid Fracas by Mac Reynolds. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dale Grothman. It was the common practice among category military mercenaries of the highest rank to maintain skeleton staffs between those periods when they were under hire by corporations or unions. That of Marshal Stonewall Cogswell was one of the most complete he habitually keeping upward of a hundred officers in his private uniform it paid off for with such a skeleton force of highly skilled professionals as a cadre the marshal could enlist veterans for his rank and file and whip together a trained fighting force in a fantastically short period and nothing was so of essence as time in the present category military for when two corporations sued for permission to meet on the military reservation for trial by combat to settle their commercial differences the sums involved were staggering joe mauser had been correct in saying that the fracases had grown even in his memory from skirmishes involving a company or two of men to full-fledged battles with a division or even more on either side forty thousand men at each other's throats so a commanding officer became noted not only for his abilities in the field but also those of cutting financial corners recruiting his force of mercenaries whipping them into a unit and getting them into the action in fact corporations these days invariably stated the period of time to be involved when they petitioned the category military department perhaps a month three weeks of which would be used for recruiting and drill the last week for the fracas itself nobody could excel marshal cogswell in using the three weeks to best advantage major joe mauser came to attention before the desk of the lieutenant colonel of marshal cogswell's staff who was acting as receptionist before the sanctum sanctorum of the field genius he saluted and snapped joseph mauser sir category military rank major on request to see the marshal Lieutenant Colonel Paul Warren answered the salute, but then came to his feet and grinned, while extending his hand to be shaken. He said, Good to see you again, Mauser. Hope you're in this one with us. His grin turned rueful. That trick of yours with the glider cost me a pretty penny. I'd made the mistake of wagering heavily on hovercraft. But the marshal is waiting. Right through the door, Major. See you later evidently joe decided the marshal was recruiting for another fracas which was why joe had been summoned although when a field officer of cogswell's stature was gathering officers to command a force he seldom called upon them they clamored for permission to serve with him you weren't apt to find yourself in the drill under cogswell and you practically never failed to collect your victory bonus victory was a habit Marshal Cogswell looked up from the desk at which he sat scowling at a military chart stretched before him. The scowl disappeared, and his strong face lit with pleasure. The craggy marshal was a small man, but strongly built, clipped of voice, and with a tone that would suggest he had been born in command, had always commanded. Joe snapped to the salute, which the marshal acknowledged with a flick of his baton, then stood to shake hands ah major mauser bit of trouble locating you his eyes narrowed momentarily 
trust you are not at present affiliated with any company colors he took in joe's uniform and scowled vaguely not placing it joe said in self-deprecation this is my own devising sir i thought if i were going to have to present myself to be killed for a living that i might as well show up before the screens as distinctively as possible i've been told that ultimately the fracas buffs make or break you in our category the marshal frowned as though unhappy and possibly surprised at joe's words however he sat down again and repeated his question by merely looking at the other no sir i'm free joe said however frankly i wasn't looking for a commission right at this time cogswell stared at him mauser was a good junior officer and they'd been through a half a dozen fracases together over the years not always on the same side why not cogswell barked are you convalescing major surely you didn't manage to cop one in that last farce personal reasons sir very well cogswell growled however i'm going to attempt to sway you major would seem that i am up against it if i don't and in a manner it's your fault joe was bewildered my fault sir the older man's voice went brisk this is a situation i've been approached by the united miners to command their forces in their trial by combat with carbonaceous fuels same old issues of course contract between the union and the corporation is usually for only two years each time it comes up the union officials try to get a larger cut of the pie and the hereditary heads of carbonaceous fuels resist automatically the category military department issues a permit the fracases they've been fighting prove so popular that there'd be riots if the permit was refused frankly i'm no great admirer of the group in control of the united miners but joe was surprised enough to say why not sir the old pro mercenaries seldom concerned themselves with the issues or principles involved in a fracas they chose their side by the more mundane considerations major cogswell looked at him testily sit down joe you're not on my staff as yet at least zan take the formality when joe accepted the chair he growled again suppose you didn't know i was born in category mining no sir well i was but even as a boy this new industrial revolution was cutting the number of employees involved in the category every year that went by that's happened every year sir including my original one joe mauser was thinking so what of course cogswell rapped my objection is to what happened to the union unions were originally founded as an instinctive gathering together of employees to achieve as high a pay as they could get from an employer with the strike as their weapon but whatever the original purpose and its virtue or lack of it the union grew into something entirely different by the early and middle twentieth century such unions as the united miners grew to such a size that they themselves became some of the largest business organizations in the country and eventually they came to be run like any other business for the benefit of those who owned or controlled them the professional labor leader evolved motivated by his own interests and finally becoming in his despotic control of the union backed by goon squads and gangsters as powerful a man as was to be found in the country 
seldom were strikes any longer held to better the conditions of the individual union members instead the issues were contracts which allowed for fabulous sums to go into the union coffers where they were at the disposal of the union officials the marshal grunted sourly now that the whole industry of mining is all but completely automated and only a few thousand employed actively there are confounded few miners not on the unemployed lists but the union officials wax as fat as ever what with the percentages of each ton mined going to the so-called welfare funds and such he looked at joe evidently conscious that he had made an inordinately long speech for the supposedly taciturn stonewall cogswell he cleared his throat and said not that it's my affair i switch categories to military in my youth let's get to the point i've been caught napping joe that was an unlooked-for confession to come from stonewall cogswell joe said nothing waiting for more the marshal shook his baton at the younger officer by using that confounded glider of yours as a reconnaissance craft you revolutionize present warfare major act of absolute ingenuity and i admire it unfortunately i failed to realize the speed with which each professional in our category would jump upon the bandwagon and secure gliders for himself joe saw light been caught short cogswell rapped short on gliders short on even one glider and within a few weeks i'm committed to a divisional size fracas he pushed back his chair angrily general mccord is in command of the carbonaceous fuels force met him before and always brought up victory only by the skin of my teeth but this time he has two gliders i have none but sir surely you can either buy or rent several craft on the market confound it it's not the machines that are unavailable but the trained pilots to operate them the sport hasn't been popular in half a century not overtly so even then but training a pilot training a pilot nonsense the marshal was shaking his baton at him again in indignation a pilot won't do he must also be a trained reconnaissance man must be able to follow terrain from the air identify military forces both in nature and number i need tell you this major you above all know the problem it hadn't occurred to joe but the other was obviously right there couldn't be more than a few dozen men in category military who could hold down both the job of pilot and reconnaissance officer in another six months the situation would have changed officers would quickly be trained but now as cogswell said he was caught short joe came to his feet sir i'll have to consider the commission frankly my plans were otherwise cogswell stared at him grimly mauser you've always been one of the best an old pro in every sense of the word however there have been some rumors going around about your ambitions joe said stiffly sir my ambitions are my own business whatever those rumors didn't say i believe them major we've been together too often when the situation has pickled for me to judge you without more evidence than gossip what i was leading up to is this there's nothing wrong with ambition if you see me through this i'll do what i can toward pushing your promotion joe came to the salute again 
Thank you, sir. I'll consider the commission and let you know by tomorrow. Cogswell flicked the baton in his nonchalant answer to salute. That will be all then, Major. End of chapter six of Frigid Fracas by Mac Reynolds. Recorded by Dale Grothman.